You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Matt Migaki, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians. We talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. If you've ever wanted to sneak backstage and share a beer with one of your favorite musicians, well, Vox and Hops is the podcast for you. This week on the podcast, I had an amazing conversation with Morgan Lander and S.J. Jones about Kitty Pig. There is this episode and over 450 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox and Hops head. Cheers. The Daily Music Business Podcast. The content of this episode of the Daily Music Business Podcast comes from a video on the YouTube channel of Outer Loop Group. Go to outerloop.group backslash YouTube to subscribe. For Outer Loop Coaching's free seven steps to getting signed PDF, please visit outerloopcoaching.com today. Let's dive in. Well, thank you, everybody, for joining. I want to introduce you to uh, an amazing panel that we have today. Everybody is interested in how they can uh, be great with social media for their for their own careers, for their uh, for their bands. And I don't think I've ever seen a panel like this one of social media for music. Uh, uh, Geez, nothing like this, this much expertise all in one place. So let me quickly uh, go around and introduce everyone and then we'll start to dive in. Uh, I have, uh, let's see, Rohan Ocean here from Rock Tees Shirts. Rohan, all right, good. So everybody can see who you is. Uh, I'll throw names underneath everybody and all that sort of jazz. Uh, I got Jeff Funk from Double X Artists, uh, social media manager there. And I got Finn McKenty from Punk Rock NBA. Almost everybody on YouTube knows who he is already. Uh, I have Mike Mowry, of course, from 10th Street Entertainment. David Puckett is here from Hyperculture. You may also know him from We Came as Romans and the drum kit, which sits behind them. Uh, so fantastic. Thank you all for uh, being here. Jeff, real quick to get us started. Um, as a fan, I get upset when the bands that I love only start tweeting and posting and Instagramming about a few weeks before they want to take my money. And, uh, but I also understand that like Facebook likes don't pay the rent as they always say. So what is the argument for having an evergreen strategy on social media for bands? Well, I mean, for example, like if you look at <clears throat> from an algorithmic standpoint, you know, for on Instagram, for example, you know, frequency is a massive part of, you know, it's an ever-changing algorithm, but it's still a massive part of, of the current and, and, um, algorithm. So if you are maintaining that consistency with, with posting, you're working with the algorithm versus against it. So you're, in theory, getting more visibility. Um, you know, and it's just, and consistency is, is such an important thing across all socials for for artists um, and just to work with their each respective algorithm. So you would be saying that like just having an evergreen strategy is what's going to be an investment in uh, that'll pay off once you get to that album cycle or that tour that you want to promote. Yeah, it's important to have a combination of both evergreen and reactionary, like reactive content. Um, so you're also paying attention to what's what's happening, you know, currently um, and, and heightening your the potential virality in your posts. Um, so I think it's important to have a combination of both. Awesome. Cool. Rohan, how do you differentiate uh, strategies for either growing a following or 
generating income uh, or marketing, I guess, uh, as far as like a, for a direct sale or for a direct uh, uh, purpose? Um, I have a somewhat of a slight advantage where I look after bands that have had quite an extensive career. Um, and it's sort of by design and it's sort of uh, by luck, I guess, and, and a few other things. But uh, the bands I have are probably 30 year plus acts uh, apart from one. Um, that allows the language I use even when I'm trying to take someone's money, even when it's a merch drop, even when it's, it's pointed towards specifically click here and buy this, is I find the language to be paramount. So if I was to go in on a particular artist and say, sale starts now, no one gives a shit. If I can link it to some key point of history, even as simple as a hashtag, which, which these days says a lot, communicates a lot. If, if I'm able to, and I try to do this uh, across the board all the time, if I'm able to explain to whoever sees that, that, that whoever posted it or, or it comes from the band's official account, that they are aware of their tribe, of their group, of their friends, of their fans, uh, I find it has a, uh, a more of an impact than the normal just bashing stuff out. Um, yeah. No, that's awesome. Uh, and, and with the language that you're using, sort of to combine it with what Jeff was talking, does any of that language, uh, do you find it helps the algorithm or is it really just focused on helping the community? It helps the algorithm in the fact that, uh, as we all know, at some point, I don't know when this was, I call it a snowball algorithm where the more people that see it, the more people get hit by it. Uh, it works with that because you've got the scroll effect. People can just keep going. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Whatever, whatever. They see something that you, that you've said, or they see something that just hooks them for that one extra moment. Um, then that opens it up to more and more and more people. So it certainly does. And, and then that has a longer term effect. So there's the instant effect of uh, we're, we're getting people to notice the post. The uh, extra effect on that is that more fans are noticing that this is the real deal and are following. So it's the two, it, it's beneficial for both. Got it, excellent. Finn, uh, of all these different platforms that exist, are there demographic or engagement or, um, uh, sort of like level of fandom as in like, you know, casual versus, you know, super fan and all the range in between on each of these platforms that artists really should be aware of and so that they can take advantage of them? Mm -hmm. Well, I think the answer to that is going to vary for every individual. I think that there's typically going to be one platform in which you have the broadest audience and your relationship with the people there will probably be less deep. And then there's going to be other platforms where you have a deeper, but uh, less, you have a deeper relationship with a smaller number of people. For example, um, you know, there's people who like, for example, mine is YouTube. You know, I have 
218,000 subscribers on YouTube, which is, you know, and maybe a million, million and a half people a month see that stuff on YouTube, but I have no idea who they are. Like, I can't really, I mean, I respond to comments and stuff, but it's, it's a, a fairly shallow relationship with them. On Instagram, I have like 38,000. So that's the 38,000 people who have chosen to follow me and engage with me and can be a little bit more personal there. And then my podcast gets maybe 5,000 downloads of, of every episode. But the relationship there is the deepest. Now, not, now that's for me. There's other people where their main platform could be Twitch. They may have a zillion people on Twitch. And then it's about using that platform to build relationships with your audience elsewhere. So uh, I, I think it's not so much about any one platform. It's just about that idea of understanding which of the platforms are you using to reach a broad audience and, uh, uh, and, and build and grow that audience and which platforms are you using to deepen your relationships with the people who care about you the most? So for artists who are just getting going and you know, they're not, they're not hiring, hiring a social media manager, they're just rolling up their uh, sleeves and trying to do it themselves. Like uh, what would you advise them as to where to start to find the platform that's going to bring them at least that 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 initial swell of followers? Uh, is it artist dependent, or are there some two or three that you would recommend? You just got to start here. Uh, yes, I think it's artist dependent. I think you should start with the one that you know best. That's always going to be the right, well, not always, but it's usually going to be the right answer. Uh, not Facebook. It's strange to me that a lot of rock people are still interested in Facebook um, for organic reach, which uh, I, I would say is a thing of the past. But, you know, there's somebody that's making it work. So even, even that is, uh, even that can, can work. So I would say just start with the one that you understand and you're passionate about the most and go from there. It's, you know, there's no one right answer. David, there's a, a balance, I would imagine, between artists who want to share enough in order to, to uh, uh, you know, deepen that relationship that, that Finn's talking about with, uh, with their fans while still protecting their privacy as much as they can. Uh, what, how do you think the best bands out there on social media, the, the ones who do it best, what is it, what is it that they do that, that uh, to separate, to find that line between yeah. privacy and sharing? Yeah, I think that's a great question. Uh, I, I think first and foremost, you know, continuity is, is unbelievably important, not only when it comes to developing like your delivery algorithm and kind of conditioning your social followers to have a certain level of expectation with your uh, content, but it also creates, you know, a brand identity or brand ethos. And that's something that kind of takes your, if you want to sound super salesy and use the term like um, brand customer relationship or whatnot, uh, it, it takes it to a secondary level to where it's no longer just, oh, I like this band as a band, but I like this band and everything that they stand for as a person. And there's a plethora of ways that artists can do that down from color schemes um, you know, and if you ask anybody, like, what was Beartooth's color scheme for the last album cycle? Even if you don't know who Beartooth, like, or even if you don't like Beartooth, I can almost guarantee you that anybody who dabbles in the hard rock world knows that it's black and orange. Um, and so all of a sudden, there's a statement that's made there, but it also starts to kind of bring you into almost the psychology of the brand or the ethos or the identity of the brand that's being uh, presented. So we do something with with a lot of our clients, be it in the media or the entertainment space or bands, or be it in the small business world where it's, you know, if you were to have to 
write down, um, you know, a personality profile about your brand, about your band, about your business, what would that be? What would its name be? Um, where would this person like to hang out? What would their friends look like? And as cheesy and as corny as it sounds, getting some ideas and kind of personifying that on paper and then using that to reverse engineer your social media strategy makes it uh, actionable. You know, and I think that's where a lot of people get stuck is, crap, we don't know what to post, we're running out of content and it can get so overcomplicated. Um, and so it also kind of presents you the opportunity to detach from personal life, uh, which, you know, I think there's a lot of artists that, for artists that are in the public eye, like 21 Pilots would be a great example, you don't really see Tyler or Josh posting much about their personal life or what goes on behind the scenes because they do have a massive uh, cult following and, and, and a semi, in the best way possible, aggressive fan base, and they want to have a level of privacy. But the way that they've branded themselves is they create an experience for their fans uh, to engage with them on a personal relational level that is outside of their actual independent personal lives. I love it. I, I see just to recap, just so people understand, like you're, you're talking about developing like a fan avatar almost. Yeah, absolutely. That, absolutely. That everybody is, should be speaking to. And then once you've identified that fan avatar, you're able to then uh, figure out what it is that you need to say and when you need to say it, how often you need to say it. Okay. Exactly. I exactly. Subscribe today to the daily music business podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Hey, what's up? My name's Lurk, and I'm the host of Lamb Goat's Van Flip Podcast. Every week, I have in-depth conversations with bands from all over the scene, big and small. We also like to keep our finger on the pulse and showcase up-and-coming bands on the show as well. So come check out Lamb Goat's Van Flip Podcast.